Hello and welcome back to the RevOps show. Today there are a lot of questions and articles out there around alignment and how you can get your teams aligned. People have even questioned if alignment's a myth because it seems impossible to achieve. Well, alignment is no myth, but it is also not like what people picture it to be. Jess and Doug go in depth today on the topic and show you how you can be aligned even when it doesn't feel that way. You'll also hear some new takes from Doug on the subject. So what are we waiting for? Let's get on with the show. Jess. Doug. I believe it's December already. (laughs) It feels like it's December. What is happening? All kinds of things. It is crazy. With a capital K. You know, I think you told me when you first talked about coming here that you were going to strive to be indispensable. I think I did tell you that, actually. That was pretty ballsy. Do you regret that yet? I mean... Remember, we have an audience, so you have to, be, you have to tell the truth. No, I don't regret it. Not, not most of the time. There are some days. So I, I was talking to somebody. I'm not going to name the name of the company, but it was one of the early collabs that we did. Uh, begins with a G, ends with an N. Okay. <clears throat> remember back then? I do. I remember those days. Re- remember we thought we knew what we were doing back then? I do. And now think back to what we did. Oh, man. And then you are not like, and they they referred us another piece of business. I know. It's pretty crazy. Pretty but you know crazy. what they say? They say, if you can look back at where you were a year ago and you don't think you were stupid a year ago, then you didn't grow this year. Is that what they say? That's what they say. That's well, I, feel, they say. I, I feel better now. So Jess, I, I feel like you're trying to work your way through my greatest hits. With really? Topic. Really? Am I? Well, what, what are we talking about today, Jess? I, well, I knew it would be a topic you would be excited about. Um, it's a word. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about alignment and specifically alignment between sales, marketing, and success. Why, why are you being obtuse? Should I be acute? Parallelogram? <sighs> alignment. Okay, great. It's gonna be it's gonna be a very focused conversation. I can tell already. Um, actually, actually, Jess, I have a uh, think. I'm gonna say something new today on this subject. Are you? Are you? Are you gonna talk about a chasm? I will probably talk about a chasm, but that won't be new. No, no, it won't. And 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 I I realize this is a little bit your greatest hits, but it's something that's been on my mind um, a lot lately, internally and and for clients. Um. So my first question for you is, is alignment a myth? Because it's this thing we're all striving for, right? I'm going to open that can of worms. Um, so do me a favor. Ask your second question first on the list that you gave. Okay. Why is, why is alignment important? I don't know, Jess. Why is alignment important? <laughs> I knew as soon as you asked me to ask this, you were going to flip it, flip it back on me. Because <laughs> it is. Because it is important. That's why. That's why, Doug. There we go. Um, no, it's it's important because it avoids frustration. It avoids, I should say, bad frustration. It avoids confusion. Um, it makes sure that everybody's striving toward the same outcome. What's the difference between the 
the team with the worst record going to the last game that has a fight break out in practice and the team that's favored to win the Super Bowl that has a fight break out in practice the day before the Super Bowl? I don't know. What's the difference? Well, in, in the one that has the worst record, they're a dysfunctional locker room. And in the one that's just before they go to the Super Bowl, they're, they're committed, they're passionate, they're, they're wow. all in, they're on edge, they're ready to go. The difference is one, one team won and the other team didn't. What, what you just said about alignment, which a lot of people say about alignment, reminds me of, you know, follow your passion. If you, if you work at, if you do something that you love, you'll never feel like you work a day in your life. Well, I can tell you unequivocally, I do what I love and many days feel like work. I was going to say, I, I, it's not true. <laughs> right. Um, does alignment eliminate frustration, avoid frustration? Does it avoid bad frustration? No, it doesn't. I think it can. No, I don't think, I don't think you can avoid it. You, you don't think you can avoid bad frustration? No. The great philosopher Forrest Gump said shit happens. <laughs> it's true. The great philosopher Mike Tyson says everybody has a plan until they get punched in the nose. Also true. You know what? You're going to lose games. Only one NFL team in history, at least modern history, has gone through the entire season undefeated. Patriots? Nope. Miami Dolphins. Oh. Patriots lost the Super Bowl that year. Oh, that's right. You're going to lose games. Yeah. Here's what I tell you. You know, one of our values is play to win. What do I tell everybody? If you play to win, the only thing I can promise you is you're going to lose. Yeah. You'll have losses. You know, the, the, the difference between a professional manager and a fan is fans go crazy for every loss. Fans play to win every game. Fans get mad at any loss. Professional yep. coaches know we're going to lose some games. And, and by the way, I'm not playing for this game. I'm playing for the season. Like I remember one year, like the year after the Cubs won, won the World Series, Joe Madden did some questionable things in the playoffs and they got eliminated. But one of the things that I knew that Madden was doing was Madden wasn't playing to win that, that series. He was playing to get to the World Series. And, and if I remember correctly, he, he threw a pitcher that, you know, was struggling, you know, and he brought him in again. And, and it was like, look, he, you're not going to win the World Series if this guy doesn't get his, his, his game back together. So, right. you know, you can try to avoid it and burn out this way or um so like so is alignment a myth no alignment's not a myth um i think you know is the horizon a myth <laughs> no right so the opposite of myth is not necessarily real right so alignment is an abstract concept the horizon doesn't actually exist there is actually literally no place where the sky meets the earth yeah. Doesn't happen. Yeah. But it's an abstract. It's a concept. Right. And and so, you know, as my, my my friend and one of my coaches in life, Dan Sullivan, says you could get on you get on the fastest motorcycle, you get in the fastest plane and go to the horizon. It doesn't matter how fast you go, you're never gonna get there. Right. And and and, and so my issue with alignment is well, A, I, I you know, I think alignment is a byproduct. Okay. Right. I think I think it's the the what happens as a result of things. Um, because by the way, I can be absolutely in alignment. I can, you know, here's what's funny. When I was a kid, I was in alignment with all my friends. You know what my mom said to me? What? If all your friends jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge, would you too? Yeah. Right, that's alignment. I, I, I see images of no alignment. Everyone's going in completely different directions. And then the idea of alignment, everyone's going in the exact same direction. Right. Oh my God, I don't want everyone going in the exact same direction. 
That's, there's no diversity. There's no perspective. There's no innovation. There's no creation, right? And, and, and so, I mean, look, growing a business is hard. I'd love it. If someone can tell me it's not hard, please come on and, 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 and tell me what the secret is. Yeah. God, I really awfully want to know. I mean, do we make it sometimes harder than it needs to be? Yeah, we probably do. Though I think that's part of the human condition. So, you know, th this, this idea of alignment, everyone's moving in, um, in lockstep. They even use the term military precision. Have, now, now, if the military is marching for parade, mm -hmm. precision. Yeah. On the battlefield? Yeah. Oh, my God, it's organized. It's, not even, it's, it's chaos. Yeah. And, and you know what? From a couple of people that I've talked to, far more goes wrong than goes right. You know, one of the things Jeff Bezos said, he said the difference between um, business and baseball. So the biggest thing, you, the biggest thing you can do in baseball is you can hit a home run for four runs. Mm -hmm. In business, you can hit a million run homer. You know, it's true in music. You know what we call those people? We call them one hit wonders. Yeah. Right. Katrina and the waves. Katrina still doing fine. Every time walking on sunshine is played. Yeah. Right. So like, I mean, being successful in business isn't even about being right more than, than not being right. It's about being right on, you know, some of the right thing. So, so, you know, I don't think alignment is a myth. I think it's a real thing. When we talk about alignment between sales, marketing, and success, um, my, my question is, well, actually, I, I mean, A, why are we only aligning between sales, marketing, and success? There's a whole, there's many other aspects of the business that are required to work well to, to win. So why aren't we aligned with our operations, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, of course we want to be, but, you know, it's like, I, I, I can't remember if it, on, on one of the episodes we talked about the fact that, you know, when we we're talking about CRM implementation, that we always remind people, you know, look, we're not here to win a CRM implementation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is, is the objective alignment or is the objective something else? And that's where you mean the, that alignment's the byproduct, not the. I, I think that when you look, when you look after the fact mm -hmm. and you look backwards, you can say that team, that company, that organization was really aligned. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, and, and, and there are times where I think an organization feels in flow. Like there's a time where you hit flow, but most people that I've talked to in, in very, very successful, I mean, they're ducks, right? Alignment's the duck, right? They look really aligned up top, but they are paddling like a yeah. mother underneath, right? Yeah. You don't, it doesn't feel aligned. It doesn't feel that there's no frustration. Yeah. You're, we're, we're, I mean, Dunning-Kruger effect. We're a lot more aware of what can go wrong than you can go right. Yeah. As, as you start getting more and more success, especially you start talking about scaling, when you get into that scale mode, you're on a high wire. Yeah. You know, if, if you look at high wire, artist it looks really scary and it looks really dangerous and and it is if i were to do it it's not that dangerous for them because they're trained professionals they know what they're doing but you know what the moment they get a little bit cocky the moment they get complacent the moment they lose a degree of attention because they think they got this well then it you know suddenly becomes dangerous right it's like my brother said to me when we were flying when i was on a plane with him one time he said he said you know there's like a number of principles of physics didn't make this impossible, but there's one that makes it possible. So as long as that one's working for you, you're fine. Right. So, so when you're in that alignment, like if there's not bad frustration, Patrick Lecchioni, five dysfunctions of a team, what's one of the top dysfunctions. There's no disagreement. There's no argument. 
right? Yeah. Bring, bring five strong executives with a good point of view who care deeply together. Ask them to discuss what, you know, the path forward, the process, whatever the strategy. Yeah. You know what, you know what Henry Ford said, Henry Ford said, if, if no one disagrees in here, then you're not needed. Right. Um, yeah. There's going to be disagreement. Yeah. There's going to be passionate debate. Yeah. It's going to be frustrating. And sometimes you're not going to get your way and you're going to be angry. Sometimes you're not going to get your way and it's going to turn out you were right. Yeah. And that's going to be frustrating and that's bad frustrating, but I, I haven't done anything in my life that mattered didn't have frustration involved. Yeah. Right. So, so what, what, what I think is the myth is, is the experience is what we have, what comes to mind. Right. So we, we have this artificial myth of Skittles and rainbows and bluebirds singing and, you know, and, 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 and relaxing. And, you know, when you talk about business where the rules are constantly changing, and, and you've got all kinds of external forces, there's someone who's trying to eat your lunch. Yeah. Is that frustrating? Yeah, it's frustrating. People do irrational things. Is that frustrating? Yeah, it's frustrating. So, so it goes back to, is it important? I mean, why, why is it important? Right. Why is it important? Why is alignment important? What is the job to be done? Right. That, you know, focus on that. And, and that's, that's where alignment comes from. So here's, here's the new thought. Because actually, when you shared this topic with me, I'm like, oh, God, I remember, I remember being on stage at Inbound talking about this. And I'm like, what can I say fresh about this? I don't want to just go back to the to the oldies. And I actually have a, a fresh I, fresh perspective here. Okay. When people talk about alignment, the way they approach it is they approach it alignment in in the how, alignment in the process, the methodology. Okay. Everyone's in lockstep. Everyone is behind each other in, right? That's not where alignment comes from. Because, because the problem with that alignment is it has no resiliency. The moment something happens that's unexpected, yeah. that team has nothing to do. That has no idea what to do. Yeah. Right? Resiliency comes from, and robustness and vitality comes when there's alignment in objective, when there's alignment in destination. When everyone is aligned, when everyone is clear on the objective, the, the, the waypoint, the destination, the inflection point, the milestone, whatever you want to call it, when there's alignment to destination, what it does, and, and, and I would say in understanding of constraints, like alignment around destination and context, mm -hmm. then, it, then it frees the genius and it frees the diversity. And yeah, people are going to take different paths to that destination, because guess what? If it's at all important, you know, there are subsets of, of activities that are rinse and repeat, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Yeah. They're algorithms. But, but, you know, by the way, if you can, like, if you're at a point where you said, I should have algorithm type alignment, then humans shouldn't be involved, right? Yeah, no, yeah. So, so, so humans are, you know, so, so when we talk about military precision, it's called commander's intent. Everyone is clear on the destination, on the objective, on the context, on why it's important, on, on what this leads to, so that when shit happens and, you know, the helicopter breaks down and the radio isn't communicating and there's a so unexpected solar flare and, and there's a group of something else that, that wasn't in the recon, 
and you're adjusting like a you know what with no time to check into home base, everyone still understands where they're going and 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 how to make the trade-offs and choices, et cetera. And by the way, what that does is it creates greater agency. Right. I'm in control of my yep. best. Um, be, because by the way, the next time you have to do quote unquote the same thing, if, if it can't be done by computer, it's not going to be the same thing. Right. No two sales processes are the same. No two conversations are the same. There's always a degree of, dif of, of difference. It, it might be as simple as, you know, I was really awake versus I'm really tired. <laughs> right. But that changes everything. And, and so where, where we need to spend more time aligning is on the objective, on, on that point, on that center point, right? Where we tend to spend more time complaining about a lot is on methodology and, and individual action. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that that way? Now, so I ask people why they do something a certain way, but, but, but that's more because I want to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm assessing what's the intent. Where we're right. are, are we aligned in the intent? Be because again, you may make a decision and it may not work. And well, well you're out of alignment. Right. Well, well that's resulting. That, that's resulting alignment. Right. Remember, I, I've got a whole plan. I mean, I, I coached my 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 son's baseball team one year. We won one game. Going into every game, I had a plan for how we would win. I, I wouldn't have been able to coach through the season if I there now sometimes that plan was completely destroyed before we got the first out. Right. I mean, I, I know one team we played, they were literally, their smallest person was twice as big as our biggest. But going into that first pitch, I still had an idea and a plan of what to do. Well, of course, we got our, you know what's beaten. Does that mean my plan was wrong? I mean, my plan wasn't realistic in, in, in this case. But, but, but again, like, you know, does that mean the decisions that I made were wrong? You know, and you know, what happens was, like, that some people said, how did you get through that season? I said, actually, yeah. that season was less difficult to get through than, than other seasons where we were like 500, where I knew we could have been better. Right. Like when we lose a game, when, when they're twice as big, you know, Hey, you only beat us by 30 runs. Shame on you. Right. I don't, I don't lose any sleep over that. It's, it's, we made that same mistake again. And, and, and what's interesting is when, you know, the more you focus on why'd you do that, the more you focus on that, on that mini process, the more likely you create the environment where more mistakes get made and there's less alignment because well, people so, aren't free to operate. Yeah. So are you saying that the reason alignment's so difficult is because we spend too much time focused on alignment and not enough time focused on what the destination is? Yeah. Well, well, again, what's the objective? What, you know, the, the destination, you know, yes. <laughs> I, I also think that, that we spend all our time trying to align our sales we're trying to align our sales, our marketing and whatever, when what we should be, if we're going to talk about alignment, mm -hmm. it, it should be aligning to the market. It should be aligning to the customer, right? If I'm aligned to the customer, then, then by definition, I have alignment, but we spend far too much time pursuing this idea of internal alignment, which, which again, no one has been able to explain to me what it is until after the fact. Okay. So they, they, they can say, this is what it looked like because they then know what it looked like because it's after the fact. Well, uh, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, there, there's a little bit of a success bias. Companies that succeed, we say they were aligned. Gotcha. Companies that went out of business, we say they weren't aligned. Problem is, if I start a business and I go bankrupt, no one, no one pays me to write a book. 
No. You know, they're, they're, um, I think it's Showtime. I can't remember. They're, they're, um, but there's a series coming out that's basically the story of Uber. Yeah. It's, right? yes. It's going to be yeah, fascinating. So it's, I, mean, I, can't, I can't wait for it to come out. Right. Because I'm pretty sure when you look at it, when you watch it, they, there was no alignment. No. Um, certainly not what I would call alignment. Now, now there was really, you know, uh, you know, Everyone was committed, maybe overcommitted, maybe they should have been committed. But but yeah, I, I think that that like the term that I use, what what I think when you know when people are talking about alignment, I think what they really should be talking about, I think what their intent really is is about creating a high a high context culture. So having everybody having understanding of of what's going on. That's what you mean by a high context culture. It, I, I don't what do you mean by what's going on? By, well, what you talked about as far as understanding of, of where we're going, understanding of what the goal is, what the outcome, what yeah. the outcome is. Uh, you know, it, uh, you know, I wrote a blog post. Um, I think it was based on the book, uh, Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. The blog post was Strategy Kills. You know, and what strategy provides is a diagnosis of the situation, a guiding policy, and a set of actions. Mm-hmm that's the first major step to high context. What game are we playing? What field, what type of field are we playing on? What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? Where, where are, where are the constraints? You know, you've seen us get much better at managing clients and dealing with more difficult situations as people got clearer that, that our philosophy is Overserve to solve if that's necessary. If in doubt, overserve. Yeah. Right. And you know what's fascinating about that? We have less issue about being out of scope. It is fascinating. We have less <laughs> frustration about it. Right. Yeah. Well, the reason is we're not in right or wrong. Is someone going to tell me I was wrong or I was right? It was if you're going to make an error, make the error to overserve. Now we also say overserve, don't overcommit. Yeah. And and it took a while for that to take hold. It took some, it took people regularly saying, um, so-and-so asked for this, should I do it? And the response <laughs> being, I don't know, should you? Yeah. Right. And that's a, you know. Well, and, that goes and, back to what you talked about with agency. Correct. Well, people are now more aware what's on their plate. They're more aware, well, okay, if I do this for this, what's happening for that? Right. So, so, you know, in essence, we give a whole lot less direction and there's more understanding around the roles that people play, the, 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 you know, the commitments that are there and the satisfaction has, has risen. So someone would say that's alignment. Yeah. And I'm down with that. That's alignment. Well, what, what got us to alignment? It, it, it got us, you know, high context, yeah. which is, and I, and we still don't have enough context. If someone says, are you aligned? I, I don't, oh my God, I'm aware of 10 times the issues then, right? Um, Jess, have, have you avoided bad frustration? No. Because here's, now, now, now if you think about it, yes, we avoid, I mean, if we think about the bad frustration that we had two years ago, we don't have that. No. We have frustration at a much higher, much more complex, much more difficult level. It's true. It's true. Just, it's like what I say. It's like a rubber band. If you don't stretch the rubber band, there's no energy. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there's going to be conflict. 
you know, we use the word stress. We misuse the word stress. The problem's not stress. The problem's distress. Can you explain the difference? Distress is negative. It, it, it's, it, it, it has it, but I mean, there's only one type of person that doesn't have stress and we call them dead. There it is. Right. You need stress to live. It's a, it's a, yeah. Right, so that stress, I mean, you know, they call it growing pains. They do. They do. I think one thing that's interesting about alignment, and there's always this, I think there's this inclination of we need to have more conversations. And, and that goes to context as well. Um, and it's interesting as we've done work to try to provide more context, make sure we communicate that outcome both internally and on the client side we found that there's not necessarily a need to have more of those conversations. And there does seem to be more alignment with what's going on, what we're doing. There's definitely work to be done, but if you look at where we were there's two always, years ago, yeah, there are always. always. Done, right? um, if, if you look at, you know, when, when we talk about context, there, there's context of destination, but there's also context of timing. There's timing context. That's where the three yeah. zones of execution comes in, right? One of the mistakes that we all have, we're really good at identifying problems. We're really good at, at, at edicts to fix the problem. But what we don't bring into account is what, what, what's the time context associated to it, right? You know, we, we were talking to a client yesterday. Actually, I was talking to someone again today. You, get, you need to look at, at the lens of adoption of this yep. new CRM that we're going to roll out through the lens of six to nine months, not through the lens of 30 to 60 days. Right. Well, that changes a whole bunch of things. Right. It, it's it's also, you know, where's the next point that we're getting to? OK, I'm going to count the proximity to the, you know, to, to the next milestone. Right. I'm not going to count the mistakes. I'm not going to count the whiffs. It's why I'm not a fan of, of tracking hours. If you track hours, we focus on the wrong thing. Right. One of the things that I'm finding that's interesting is the less I focus on hours, because, you know, there's the fear of, well, if you don't focus on hours, someone could take eight hours to do a two-hour task. What's funny is I find people, people who are more likely to spend eight hours on a two-hour task when I track out, when you track hours than when you don't, right? Yeah. And, so, and sometimes you take eight hours on the two-hour task because you're figuring out how to do it your way. Yeah. Right? And then you begin to pick up themes and as you understand context. And then the other element is, okay, if it's a two-hour task, why does it need to be two hours? Well, it needs to be two hours because- these other things need to happen. Right. Right. And so if I don't understand those things, then, I mean, you know what it's like, Jess, we, we you know, we had an implementation that was the hardest implementation we've ever had. And it was not the most difficult. No. Think about that for a few minutes, everybody. <laughs> Why was it so hard? Because we had no very content. Very little time. Well, and very little time. <laughs> well, you, you know what? What's interesting is we ended up having a lot of time. It, it was the longest implementation we've ever had. Yeah. Okay right? There was no context. Was there no, were we not aligned? I, I don't think we were any more or less aligned, right? But what I would say is because there was no context, you couldn't have alignment because there was no context. You can't have alignment without constraints. Yeah. Right. And, and so that's where, you know, and one of the things that helps with context alignment is what's important. What's the, the domino flow, What's the next key point? You know, one of the things that we've, you know, that, that has helped and, and helped 
implementations is, you know, we, we use the term day two, right? Yeah. It's a day two issue, which means post next, next element. So we're not going to, we're not going to worry about that. Yeah. And the other thing we we use for, for pre day two for the, for the, while we're in it is waypoints, which I think right. helps vastly both internally and with the clients. It's, it's amazing. We, we had, we had one person who works here who they kept asking, well, I know I need to do this when, like, I know I need to do this. I know I need to do this. I know I need to do this. And it's like, dude, that's after waypoint one. And as soon as that got clarified, oh, okay. I don't even need to worry about this for the first six weeks or whatever. And, and what's interesting is now we're, we have the system where it doesn't even show up on their radar. Yeah. <laughs> and there's less issue of not hitting the deadline. Yep. So you have less time. So again, intuitively it doesn't make any sense. It's context. And so the problem is if we give you, you know, if we put something in front of you that needs to be done, but doesn't need to be done now, well, that's a totally out of context environment. It's like, did you ever have a, a friend or associate that you knew and they, and you knew them because they were at a certain place. Like they worked at a, like a waitress or a bartender yeah. or somebody. And then you saw them in a totally different place. Yes. And weird. You know, half the time you don't even know who they are. The other half of the time it's like, God, I feel like I know you, but what? because it's out of context. Yeah. Right. The frame is the frame is the game. If it doesn't fit, you must have quit. The frame is the game. Wow. Um, <laughs> and, and when you look at it through that lens, I mean, I, 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 the, the whole issue about sales has a different language and cycle than marketing has a different language and cycle than success has a different language. Those things go away. Um, when you look at it through, through the lens of, of production, I was just talking to somebody about marketing attribution. I said, look, I, I think the attribution game, unless it's a really short cycle, really simple process, this idea from awareness lead to revenue to attribute that, you know, the, the problem with that is all it attributes is average. When, when in fact, what you need to do is you need to break it down to what are the three to five key inflection points that, you know, and, and okay, so what's happening here, what's happening here. And, and so there are three different games. Yeah. Um, when you look at it through that lens, all those alignment issues free up. What also frees up is your the talent pool frees up. We're so obsessed about specific skill sets. Yeah. That that we miss. I mean, I was talking to somebody that, that's looking to hire um, an SDR, and I said, look, if if they've got a growth mindset, if they're willing to grind, if they're um, curious, and if they're coachable, they can be successful. Yeah. If they know the industry, okay, that's great. That's a learning curve that they can skip. If they know sales, okay, that's great. That's a learning curve they can skip. But but those three elements, that's the context that I need in the right person. Right. And, and if you think about it, you, you look at what we're doing and and and, and you're looking, you, you look at what we're doing with the number of people that we have. And it was I mean, it really wasn't until we stopped looking for the same type of person that everyone else was looking for that we actually started saying, Hey, you know what, this is the raw material that we need. Let's work from yeah. there. You know, how does that fit into context? And, and, and so I think, you know, we'd all be better off 
if we spent less time talking about a line, a line, a line, because again, it creates that, it creates the, um, the crew, right? That, that, you know, eight people in the, whatever they call it, all paddling in, in absolute unison, um, which I realize we use that image on some of our um, covers for, for what we're doing to, to infer that alignment, to infer that precision precision, but, but that is a non-dynamic, very finite, very specific use, right? There's no resiliency there. As a matter of fact, if the wind's too much, they can't, they, you know, it won't work. They'll tip over or something, right? Um, I don't, I probably said something that's totally ridiculous because I don't understand crew, but, but again, you know, the, those are wonderful you know, analogies, as, as I've said many, many, many times, we have a tendency to talk about business in the lens of chess. And the way we try to communicate really complex, as we say, six-dimensional chess. I'm not, I don't even know what that is. But chess is a game of perfect information. The truth is we're not playing chess, we're playing poker. Yeah. Poker is a game of imperfect information. Um, and, and if you're playing poker as a professional poker player, you're in an infinite game. Right. It's not about did I win this game? Right. And business is an infinite game. So so we've got to stop taking metaphors that are different in kind. Right. A finite game is not degrees different than an infinite game. And 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 that's you know that that that's my battle against alignment. I'm not anti-alignment, I'm anti what the word conjures up in people's minds. So they start, they start pursuing things that actually take them away from their objective. A la it, you know, everything's smooth and easy. Well, that's, that's, I mean, I think that's why it's so difficult because there is this, there's always this focus on it being smooth and easy. And when I think what you're saying is when, when you are aligned, it doesn't feel like you're aligned. So you're constantly fighting that. Yeah, and, and well, I guess it depends how you view your align. Because if, if you view it in the context of, of making progress to our next waypoint, then you, then you will feel aligned. Yeah. Right? Um, and as a matter of fact, you'll embrace the differences. You'll, you'll embrace the variation. You know, the, the, the best way to reduce the volatility of a portfolio is increase the, the variance, increase the diversity of your investments so that they don't correlate. But but what we, the image that we create for alignment is 100% correlation. When, when in fact, like just right off the bat, it's impossible because Jess, you are different than I am. This is true. And we can both be given the same task and we will do it, if left to our own devices, we will do it differently. And the worst thing that someone could do to you is say, you should do it like Doug. <laughs> And the worst thing someone could do to me is to say, "You, sh I should do it like Jess. But I'll tell you what, if we said, Jess, you should do it like Doug or Doug, you should do it like Jess, that's better than what most people in essence communicate, which is you should do it like this theoretical in-between that's neither you nor Jess. Yeah. So now instead of at least having one person doing it their way, you have no one doing it their way. And, and, and in pursuit of alignment, we create drag. By the way, here's what's interesting. If there's no resistance, there's no flight. There's no lift. Yeah. Bring it all back. <laughs> um, so, is, so is 
what you're saying, the, the, like, so if you're looking at, you know, driving alignment or fixing alignment issues, it, I don't even know if that's the right terminology, but is it making sure that you provide context around waypoints, the outcomes, the destination versus trying to focus on making sure that everybody's in that lockstep doing the same thing the same way, all yeah. synchronized? Well, so, so, so what I would say is if you're feeling a lack of alignment, that's a symptom. It's neither a problem nor a cause. It's a symptom. So if, if, if you feel like alignment's the issue, there's probably something, there, there could be something going wrong, but it's not alignment. So don't focus on alignment. It, it, it's likely a lack of context. Mm-hmm. It could be a lack of capability, right? I see a lot of people that are quote unquote out of alignment, but it's more that someone's being asked to do something they're not capable of doing. Yeah. Right. So that, that's not even context, right? That, that's a right. different element. Um, I, I think you need it, you know, clarity on, on the objective, clarity on why that's important. I think we have a tendency to talk about objectives as finish lines when in yes. fact they're starting lines. So, yes. so the reality is we're always pre-race. I, I, I love that because it's always, I mean, particularly with what we do and, and with clients, I mean, it's always the objective to them is always the finish line. And right. I think that it's such a hard concept to grasp and communicate. That's so, so, you know, here's the interesting thing. If you think about it through the lens of, of three zones of execution, we live in zone two, zone three, we're in the yeah. enablement zone, the transformation zone, right? You know, the performance zone, that's the race. Yeah. You know, and that's where I had an old manager who said, um, he wasn't old at the time, just old as in like a while ago. Said, you know, I'm, I often get asked, is, is this a, um, a marathon or a sprint? And the answer is it's a marathon run at a sprinter's pace. That, that, that's life today, right? Yeah. For the performance zone, that's the race, that's the race, that's the race. But, but it's sure. always, you know, it, it's the end of the race is the beginning of the next one. And so we have a tendency to talk about the finish line, but we don't talk about why that finish line matters. You know, how is that finish line leveraging the next starting line? What does that mean? I also think another element, and you knew that I was going to find a way to weave this one in, You've got to you've got to create contents on on the juice for the squeeze factor. You know, a lot of times that's a lack of business acumen. Do people understand? You know, are you a gross margin business? If that's the case, do people understand gross margin? Do they understand why if you you know why should you spend less time doing this than that? You know, there, right. there's all kinds of elements that that lead into you know, that. You know, if you think about context, context is the decision consideration criteria. Right. So as you're making a decision, what should your consideration be? We oftentimes say somebody has bad judgment when in fact they don't have bad judgment. They just have bad information. Yeah. And sometimes that information is a lack of information. Sometimes it's disinformation. Right. How are we, you know, affecting that? Like I know one of the questions that you asked me to prepare is, is what's the role RevOps plays in alignment or something along those lines? How does RevOps fix alignment issues? Yeah. See, I don't like, I think fix is the wrong word. Did you know that a plane is off course 90, 95% or more of the time? Yes, I knew that because you've told me before. <laughs> right. Now, it's never a whole lot off course. It's, it's, it's constant course corrections. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, well, that's alignment. Right. So when we talk about fix, the natural state is out of alignment. Right. Right. Yeah. So what is RevOps? I'm going to use a term that I'm going to probably regret using. But RevOps is the context police. Um, yeah. RevOps is, you know, their job is to look at 
you know, where, where's the context where it's moving? You know, we, we have, um, you know, one of the images that we use when we talk about why do CRM or other tech implementations fail, you know, we have that old, you know, there's the sidewalk that's designed and then there's the walk yeah. path that's user experience. Well, in, in the world that we're in where people are involved, let alone people outside of our company involved market competitors, it's actually worse than that image. Because it's not like this is the design, this is the user experience. So right. my job is to match the design to the user experience. If I were to match that to the user experience, well, the user experience is going to have, it's not going to stay there. It's going to shift. Right. Right. And 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 by the way, there's not one user path, you know, et cetera. So there's always fractures happening in the context. RevOps lives in the world of of zone two, zone three. Zone two trends more to tactical rev ops. Zone three trends more sure. to strategic rev ops. So, so it's more about, you know, too often rev ops ends up serving a compliance role in, in the bad level of compliance, as opposed to as compliance as a signal. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and rev ops is, is correcting when in fact, if rev ops is, and I don't even want to say teaching, if RevOps is creating context, if RevOps is constantly creating context and, and RevOps is constantly creating structure, reducing friction in some places, increasing friction in other places to provide nudges and guides and constraints and so forth, then that, that context comes in and alignment is the outcome or, or the alignment is the byproduct. Right. But if alignment is the objective, that, that's like the difference between speed and velocity. Uh, you know, creating alignment doesn't bring me any closer to where I want to be. And and by the way, it's probably easier to create to create alignment out of alignment with where I want to be because if I were already on the course and speed to be where I would want to be, then I don't have to do anything. Right. If I need to change course or speed, then I need to change. And change means resistance. And that's so so where you want to go is out of alignment and you're not going to get there through edicts especially today. And so look at alignment as a symptom, get clear on, on objectives, inflection points, waypoints, get clear on constraints. And when you start off getting clear, you're not going to be very clear, but if you keep doing it, you'll get better and better. Yeah. By the way, and it's about consistency. You don't come in and say, okay, everybody, today's alignment day. We're going to get aligned today. It's not, that doesn't work. It does not work. <laughs> no, and I like, it actually creates disappointment. Like, I mean, outside of joking, yeah. it, it, it creates a very short term. It's like, it's like, I, I, you know, I'm running low on energy, so I'm just gonna, I'm going to down a pound of sugar. Right. Yeah. You, you get this quick burst of whatever and you inflict a whole lot of damage. Yep. Yep. No, I like what you said about, you can't have alignment without constraints too. Cause I think you always think about it. It almost seems counterintuitive because you think of that smooth, path that we talked about and and so when i hear constraint that seems the yeah. opposite of that but but it's actually a really good point it's until you put those constraints up like like you won't have that that context and that alignment that you talked about the, the best thing RevOps can do is to think probabilistically not deterministically yep there is no right answer it is about making trade-offs and so when you're not willing to make i'll tell you the thing that kills alignment the inability to say no if you can't say this profitable client is not our core customer, yeah. not our target customer, then you're not going to have alignment around your customer. Yeah. All right. So, so 
viewing alignment as the symptom and the byproduct, not the goal, is the take is the big takeaway. <laughs> and and the single greatest thing that I think a management team can do is create context. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We 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 set out on with that as a point of focus. I think it was a little over a year ago, and it it's been hard, but it's paying off. So I totally agree with that. And on that note, on that note. And that's a wrap on this episode of the RevOps Show. Having clear context to what it is you're doing is a big key to alignment. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and share the episode. If you have any questions you'd like to ask Doug or Jess about alignment, our journey to alignment, or anything else RevOps related, email me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at demandcreator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.